The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. So, it's good to see you all, and it's good to see the people online, and it's good that you can see me uh, as well. So, I was just thinking about the very beginning uh, of the Fusatsu service, and uh, uh, it really starts, uh, you know, after the opening procession and all of that. Uh, it starts when the Eno goes, either he says, please get into Choki, or sometimes he just says Choki. Uh, and of course, Choki is uh, the kneeling uh, position where we uh, get down on our knees uh, and put our hands uh, together. Uh, to get ready for uh, the verse of atonement. And I was thinking, wow, how wonderful uh, it is that we're able to do that. Uh, because, you know, we have this uh, concept called the mudra. So, uh, you know, when we sit zazen, we do the universal mudra it's uh, considered to induce a psychological feeling of introspection and i think we can extend that and when we get into choki uh, when we get down on our knees and put our hands together even before we begin chanting we've already atoned we're already at one with all our evil karma. How could we not be? We're at one with all beings. We're at one with the whole universe. So of course, we're at one with all our evil karma. And the power of this choky position is really quite amazing. Uh, we have a uh, koan for those who are uh, doing koan study called, uh, it goes very simple, one line, how do you stop the fighting across the river? How do you stop the fighting across the river? And uh, it's pretty much the same as being at one with all the evil karma. If the fighting is across the river, there's not much you can do about it, except like, hey guys, stop fighting, if they can hear you. Uh, it's very separated. Uh, same thing with all the evil karma. But if you're at one with the evil karma, if you're at one with the fighting across the river, 
and just taking the next breath is doing something about it. Is stopping the fighting across the river. Is being at one with the evil karma. And uh, if you don't believe me, uh, here's a, a thought experiment. Uh, so it's a cliche by now to say we live in a very polarized world. Uh, people don't see eye to eye on any number of issues, and they're very loud about it. And of course, there's tons of fighting going on all over the world, in Ukraine, in the Middle East, probably across many Thanksgiving tables here in the United States, between red states and blue states, all sorts of fighting going on. And the thought experiment is very simple. Uh, just think about when you got into it with someone on some political issue or some personal issue and you know went back and forth and voices got raised and uh, somehow nothing really got resolved i wonder what it would be like if the people involved in the dispute someone came along and said choky okay now say your say face each other get down on your knees and say what you have to say i think the psychology would be very different the psychology of going down and putting your hands together in gasho uh, uniting the relative and the absolute side of things all of a sudden i don't know when i do this i don't feel so feisty anymore doesn't seem to matter so much whether i'm right maybe i've stopped the fighting across the river just by going into choking just by being one with by acknowledging that i'm not separate from it i'm not separate from the fighting i'm not separate from the ukraine i'm not separate from gaza i'm not separate from all the fighting and evil karma and once I really acknowledge that, then what I do becomes the way to make peace. Actually, when we go into Choki, we're just actualizing the Samadhi that's already fully present. In that moment, all fighting stops whether we believe that or not, it, it's just a fact. And so likewise, uh, I can become even more active in stopping the fighting 
uh, beyond exploring the samadhi of Choki, I can explore the samadhi of keeping the precepts. I can make peace in the Ukraine. I can make peace in Gaza because I'm not separate. So when I act in a way out of that sense of non-separation, I stop the fighting across the river just by keeping the precepts. In other words, the precepts are not just uh, a bunch of rules to follow to be a good person. Uh, although, of course, why not? That's okay too. But on their deepest level, the precepts are the actualization of samadhi that's already present. What is samadhi? It's simply absorption in what is right here, right now, being at one with, atoning. Another way uh, of embodying the samadhi, uh, they're turning the lights out on me, maybe that's a uh, hint. Uh, another way of embodying the samadhi is the full bow that we do during the Fusatsu ceremony. Uh, in that full bow, we chant, I become one with the past seven Buddhas, with Shakyamuni, with all the great bodhisattvas and Buddha energies. Uh, even to say I become one is a misnomer, which just, there I am. I am wisdom. I am compassion. I am determination. I am all the Buddhas throughout space and time, not because I'm anything special, but because I'm just here in this moment. And I'm not getting in my own way. I'm getting that ego, which is just a very, very, very minute portion of who I really am. I'm letting that go for a second by bowing. And as soon as I do that, I realize, oh my God, I'm incredibly vast, spacious throughout space and time. Special words, but the feeling isn't special. Uh, I think as in an old movie, Western, it said, no brag, just fact. <laughs> well, yeah, I am all Buddhas through all space and time. No brag, just fact. Just because I'm here, I'm sitting here, I'm talking. The power of atonement is beyond measure. 
by atoning, by being at one, we realize that everything we do has the potential to do enormous good in the world. And we get out of the ego position of, oh, I'm little Ryotan, what can I do about all the horrible stuff going on here and going on there? Well, I can bow to my cushion and sit down. And when I get up, I can bow to my cushion and if there's any dust on my mat, I can brush it off. It seems small, but it's not. I am one with all that evil karma. And when I just brush a bit of dust off my cushion, I'm stopping the fighting across the river because of the interpenetration and the interconnection of all beings. So when I hold hatred in my heart, I'm carrying that hatred, not just within myself, but into my community, my country, the globe, the wider universe. When I become one with it, oh, well then if I let it go, I've done something totally amazing, totally beneficial to myself and all beings. When we think of things in this way, the vows we take don't seem quite so impossible because we're no longer lonely little egos looking out at the world. We are the world. And so when we vow to save all beings, that could simply be saying, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Ego loves drama. It just loves it. So when we think of saving all beings, we think, oh, I'm, I'm going to be Superman or Superwoman and uh, fly all around the globe. And uh, whenever anything bad happens, I'm going to land like and I'm going to take care of it in short order. No, that's, that's what the ego thinks it has to do. When we get into the habit of realizing ourselves as one with all things, then our most ordinary everyday actions washing the dishes, vacuuming the floor, sharing a meal with people we love or even with people we don't particularly like. They become a way of 
carrying out the bodhisattva vow, not just symbolically, in fact, in fact, and it's only because we're stuck on the little thought stream inside our head, which we identify with, that this seems insignificant. And that there's a larger world out there where these little things make no difference. No, there is no larger world out there. The larger world is right here, right now, at this moment. And what we do makes an enormous difference. And that's why we must pay attention. That's our practice, to pay attention. To pay attention because we have to, because we are one with, we have to pay attention. What we do matters. What we bring in to the world matters. Matters a great, great deal. So it just so happens that uh, thinking, oh, little old Rio, you know, what can he do about any of this horrible stuff that's going on? That's breaking a precept in a big way. It's breaking the 10th precept, the 10th of the 10 grave precepts. And that precept is don't slander, don't think ill of the three treasures. I really like this precept because what it means isn't immediately apparent, like, okay, non-killing, non-stealing, non-doing naughty stuff. That's... Uh, you know, we think we know what that means. But what does it mean to defame the three treasures? I don't think anyone who's listening to me has had the urge to say, oh, the three treasures really suck. <laughs> That's not what it means. <laughs> if that was what it meant, then it would, be, it would be a very easy precept to keep. You just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> no matter what you think of the three treasures. But no, that's not really what it means. So uh, let's take a look at uh, what some of the sages who have explained that precept uh, to us have to say about it. So uh, Bodhidharma says, self-nature is subtle and mysterious. In the realm of the one, not holding on to concepts of ordinary beings and sages is the precept of not thinking ill of the three treasures. Not holding on to concepts of ordinary beings and sages Oh, well, little Ryotan, what can he do about this horrible stuff? I'm just an ordinary being. What Bodhidharma is telling us is there is no division 
between being an ordinary being and being a sage. There's no division between us ordinary people and the Buddha energies that we invoke when we do the Fusatsu ceremony. There's no division between me and the wisdom of Manjusri, the compassion of Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, the determination and steadiness of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva. Thinking that there is some division, thinking that there is some Buddha out there, up in space, beyond the ordinary person that you are, that's slandering the three treasures. Thinking there's some Dharma to be realized besides the Dharma of this very moment, what's going on right now, that's slandering the three treasures. Oh, well, when I'm a better person, I'll, I'll be doing this, this, and this. No. Be the Buddha of this moment. Be the Bodhisattva of this moment. Right here, right now, you are not separate from it. You're at one with all the evil karma. You're at one with all the Buddha energies. You choose right now, this moment. And we make that choice moment after moment after moment after moment. And the choice we make matters a very great deal. Dogen Zenji uh, says uh, in commenting on this uh, precept, the Taisho of the actual body is a harbor and a weir. Well, we all know what a harbor is. Uh, well, a lot of us live in New York. We live on a harbor. Uh, it's a place of calm where boats can shelter safely. A weir is uh, a different thing. A weir is a, a barrier that's put across a river, but it differs from a dam. A dam keeps the water from flowing out. The weir allows the water to flow uh, over the top. And because that weir is sometimes a barrier to fish, uh, and metaphorically speaking, to poor fish like us, uh, often weirs have fish ladders on them. So the fish uh, through a lot of struggle, can climb up the ladder and get to the next level of the river. The Taisho of the actual body, Taisho is just what I'm doing now, I'm just talking. Uh, Taisho of the actual body is the just talking that the whole world is doing moment after moment after moment. It's your speech, it's my speech, it's the honking of horns, the cooing of pigeons, the racket of the city, the calm of the country, the rising of the sun, and the moon coming up. 
when the sun is setting. This is the Teisho of the actual body. It's reality. It's the actualization of samadhi in each moment. The Teisho of the actual body is a harbor, a place of rest, a place of peace, a place of safety. And it's a weir, a place of struggle, activity, not knowing whether you're going to even make it. It's a harbor and a weir. Of course, we uh, attach to one or the other side frequently, so we like the harbor being at peace and rest. That's nice. Or some of us say, oh, I'll just sit around on a cushion, go out and do something constructive. That's attaching to the other side, but it's both a harbor and a weir. And we express this in our practice of each moment. Each moment is a moment of peace. Each moment is a moment of change, struggle. So the Teisho of the actual body is a harbor and a weir. This is the most important thing in the world, Dogen says. Its virtue finds its home in the ocean of essential nature. What is the ocean of essential nature? Where are you right at this moment? And then Dogen says, it is beyond explanation. Our rational minds can't grok that something is both a place of rest and peace and a place of change and struggle. This is beyond explanation, Dogen says. We just accept it with respect and gratitude. Finally, the Zen uh, peacemaker uh, version of the precept, uh, which Enkyo Roshi uh, had a hand in writing, uh, that activity was led by uh, Bernie Glassman Roshi. Uh, the Zen peacemaker version is <clears throat> honoring my life as an instrument of peacemaking. This is the precept of not thinking ill of the three treasures. Honoring my life by, well, as Thich Nhat Hanh said, honoring my life by being peace. Not yelling at people to be peaceful, but embodying peace right now, right here in this moment. Oh, but I'm just an ordinary guy spouting off about the precepts. I, how could I be peace? Well, I can try. I can try to climb that weir and find my peace 
the center of that effort, that struggle. This is our practice, the harbor and the weir. It's the most important thing in the world, Dogen says. What we do matters. How we practice matters. Because we are one with all Buddhas, one with all Bodhisattvas, and one with all beings. Mm -hmm.